Kathy Kofel Mischler. Kathy was a joy to talk to. We actually did this at Appleton Beer Factory, which was kind of cool. And I hope you enjoy our conversation. Five, four, three. What's up, friends? What's up, friends? We're back. But why not? But why not? What's up, friends? We're live. I'm here with Kathy Kofel. She is a decorated poet, and she also is the VP of Community Relations at Community First Credit Union. Very big in the Northeast Wisconsin community, from arts to nonprofit, fundraising and beyond. Uh, and also the recipient of Christopher Latham Scholes Award. And I want to kind of start <laughs> as that into a segue at, uh, into this poetry world. And I uh, will admit that uh, it's new territory for me, something I'm, I'm very interested in. Um, and as we'll probably get into, I know a few poets just from being in the community that, that you're probably familiar with. But... Um, how did you first get into poetry? If you, or I guess, yeah, how'd you get into poetry? We'll start with poetry. Ah, uh, it's a really good question. I think I've always, I've always had a passion for writing. I was that geeky little kid who, you know, didn't want to go out and play. I was always inside writing and trying to save the world. And um, <laughs> when but, you say little kid, is this like? Yeah, way back. Let's go in the way back time machine, back before know dinosaurs and yeah no i mean like 10 or like 12 like eight, eight seven okay. eight yep yeah, did it start with writing? reading were yeah. you a big oh reader gosh. voracious okay. reader yeah sure. voracious reader yeah i was reading like the lord of the rings trilogy when i okay. was super young and didn't understand half the words <laughs> love to read and i come from a family of readers okay. um, i come from a family of musicians too my mom taught herself how to play the piano so wow. i think it, it was more about the arts versus poetry at that time. I just knew I wanted to do something artistic. I wanted to dance or, or um, be a musician. I played the saxophone all through college. and um, But I really fell very deeply in love with poetry when I was in college. I took a semester of like intro to, to poetry while I was exploring other majors and just fell in love with it. I, I fell in love with the, the way the words um, went together and didn't go to together to make this just like am these amazing truth amazing truths come out yeah. yeah so back then as you're falling into poetry like like what what does that look like at that time uh, like what kind of things are you being exposed to is there like is community poetry a thing is group poetry a thing is it all individual like what does that look like yeah, back then it was very very much individual and um in high school, poetry was the classics, the old rhymy poems, the sonnets, all that poetry that I didn't really understand. And what made me fall in love with it in college is that I had a professor who introduced me to modern poetry and introduced me to poetry by female poets. Uh, there was a particular poet whose name is Diane Wachowski, who wrote a book called The Motorcycle Betrayal Poems. And one of the poems in it was um, 
what I want out of a husband besides a big mustache. And I thought, you can write a poem about this? Yeah. And it was all the things that, you know, kind of this laundry list of things she was looking for in a husband. And um, after going from reading, you know, Yeats and Keats and Wordsworth to something like that, it just, it just blew my mind. Because I loved words. I was an advertising major, a journalism major, but when I found poetry, it it's, felt like it connected the music too because I loved music and mm -hmm. a lot of what I write now has really kind of a musical um, lilt to it uh, and I've even um, written poems uh, that were, have been set to music that's just a really important part of it to me that's awesome yeah. um, so obvious dog is yeah. one of those examples yeah. <laughs> right yes um, I struggled to find it online. I should have asked you to send me no, a link. No, that's okay. It's a really obscure little <laughs> little duo. Um, I'm laughing because if they're even watching. How, how old were you when that? That was not that long ago. Okay. So, And that was inspired by, um, uh, again, I, I performed from time to time just with people at bars and things like that. And I won a contest that included four hours of recording time. Okay. And I'm sure most people have never sat down and listened to a recording of poetry. And I don't, I don't think most poets have because it's, it's kind of boring. And I didn't want to do four hours of boring. So I was talking to my friend Bruce Deathlison, who's one of the state's former poet laureates and also a very avid musician. And he was performing in this group at the time called Obvious Dog. So just a little group of guys out of like the Westfield, Watoma kind of area. Okay. And so they said, share some of your poetry with us. And I gave them about 20 of my poems and they spent about six months writing music around them. And wow. um, we recorded it and it did, you know, it did okay. It was, it was fun. We toured around and did nice. coffee shops. And yeah, I think I found that inner, you know, I don't know. I, was there an excitement that came along there with that was, process? Absolutely. You know, I think I was that kid. I don't know about you. I don't know what your like rock star dream was when you were growing up. But I wanted to, you know, who doesn't want to be like a, a rock star or somebody famous? But I yeah. can hear my gravelly voice. I don't really have a very good singing voice. So it was kind of a great way for me to live live that, that yeah. dream in a little mini way. Very, very mini way. What was like, what was the response to like after you play a coffee shop or something? Was it pretty? It was, it was very positive. Yeah. I had very good feedback. In hindsight, I, I think I wish that we had performed together for a while before we recorded. Sure. Because it almost was like I didn't want people to hear the recording because you, you could tell there was a little, I wasn't as comfortable. Sure. Listen to me tooting my, yeah, get my, get my CD, don't get my CD. Uh, but. But performing, we, we really had a lot of fun. We started to adapt and do some additional music. Um, I actually started singing a little bit. Uh, yeah. it, we were really enjoying it. But we're all three also business professionals. We lived in three different parts of the state. Um, it, it got harder and harder for us to get together and practice. And so eventually we just kind of fizzled out. Sure. But, what was the style of the music or of that project um, at least? 
a little, you know, kind of kind of rocks and blues, a lot of lot of rhythm and blues kind of music, a little bit of rock and roll. Was it like scaled back for like for poetry almost where it's yeah. almost like focused on Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sometimes it would just be like an intro to the music and then or intro to the poem and then I'd read it. Sometimes it would it would be just played lightly underneath. A couple of times they actually took a poem and set it to music where they actually sang the whole thing um so it was really a combination i mean definitely like coffee house poetry like mile of music kind of okay you know poetry and, and singer songwriter singer songwriter feel that's to it. it yeah yeah okay yeah that's fun yeah. so we were talking about gene before yeah um do you know uh jennifer um Finnell at osorio's she yeah. Yeah. You do? Okay. She also does yes. poetry in her free time. Yeah, that's cool. Um, well, I've talked to both of those two about doing what you just said that you've yes. done. I was like, you should just, like, hit up a, a local DJ or something, like, someone who wants to, like, right. you know, get connected in that way. Um, maybe we'll have to make a, we a collab album that or something. That would be fun. And we've done, um, I work locally with a group of poets we call ourselves poetry unlocked and we started out as a poetry reading series we okay. gather well we used to gather once a month at the draw yep. and uh, we would have featured readers and open mic but we've it, we've explored a little bit more that idea of collaboration and we've yeah. done um we did a poem for example that um for harbor house they had a fundraiser event and we did a poem for that event and it was set to music and played at the end of their event. Uh, we did a collaboration um, with a local choral group, uh, that sort of thing. We've okay. done what it's called ekphrastic poetry, which is how I've connected with Jean, really, um, is, is talking about um, poets writing to artwork or uh, artists, visual artists being inspired by the yeah. poetry they read, which is really, that is really cool. Really neat. So have you tried that kind of thing? I yet? have, I have a few poems. I have a poem in my new book that was inspired by a, a very large piece of artwork that was an installation down at the Chazen Museum in Madison. Um, and I've, I've had it done the other way too, where I wrote a poem and a, and a artist out of think out of Stevens Point uh, do, did a drawing inspired by the poem so that there was something pretty special about like seeing your words reflected in an entirely different way yeah that was that's really cool mm -hmm. have you heard of art hop in Green Bay yes love I, oh, oh man I wish I could do yeah. that that is so great oh, that's man. amazing yeah we had them on the show did too oh and they're go watch that one they're that's, super talented yeah um cool. that's like the ultimate example of what you just said I think yes. is like just playing music having an idea yeah. and then just kind of going off of that that's yeah. cool um yeah if anybody hasn't checked out Art Hop they definitely should it's out of Green Bay Very great. um another example of that that I've heard um uh, I don't know how much you follow hip hop or how uh, much that interests you the the crossover you know poetry but um Logic, which you might not, may or may not have heard of. I have a 21-year-old son, so I've okay. heard of that. Okay. I've heard it. So just in hearing him talk about the album creation process, um, is it Kurosawa, the filmmaker? Yes. Like yes. the one who they sing about in uh, Bare Naked Ladies yeah. or whatever? 
he makes mad films. Okay, I don't make films, but if I did, they'd have a Sam, you know, that one. Um, <laughs> Logic was saying they put that type, like he puts that on, or for like yeah. an album, he put that on with no words, just like his work. Yeah. And it's like, and then another one is like Tarantino, like putting Tarantino up with no words. Yes. It's like just going off of the visual styles and like the movement. And it's like, that's kind of, yep. it's fascinating. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, a lot of what gets me started writing, uh, because I, I can't write every day. I wish I could. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the techniques I always say this, the best thing you can do to improve your writing is to just write every day. Yeah. And I'm writing every day, but I'm not writing creatively every day. Sure. Um, so for me, uh, jump to jumpstart into my work, a lot of times I'm, I'm pulling off of other art, art styles or even other, other poets. For I'll inspiration. Read, for inspiration. I'll read other poets and be inspired or I'll listen to music a lot. In fact, I've got a list of songs that I like email myself. When I hear one, I'm like, because a lot of times it happens when I'm in the car and I'll be in the car and hear a song and I'm like, this is really cool. So I'll like voice message myself. Yeah, when I pull over to the side of the road, of course. Um, I'll voice message myself um, that song and the words I'm thinking so I can jumpstart my brain again with it. And again, I think that goes back to that music that's, I probably... I probably should have been an, a musician instead of a poet, but um, or both. But right, yeah, it's interesting, really inspiring. Um, funny story: we were driving. We we just moved to Madison. We were driving from Madison to here yesterday, and some songs inspired like an idea of a poem idea. I think I was kind of in my head thinking about how today was going to go and prepping <laughs> for today. You know, so I. Uh, took down some notes too of a couple poems that I don't know if it's weird to like read a poem and have someone critique it but I might have you humor Please me do. and, and yeah, do that at some point yeah yeah um, not here not on air I <laughs> okay okay perfect we'll wait till after <laughs> um but yeah inspired by a song mm-hmm. and I just it is funny how it's like when you're not doing anything right you're either like walking biking right. driving it's like those times when you could be listening to an audio book or something, right. but it's like you could be having creative breakthroughs yeah. or something. Yeah. Well, I think that's, you know, not to get too deep here, but I think that's one of the issues with our society today is that we're so plugged in all the time, and myself included. It's mm-hmm. really hard to, to just relax your mind and let some unconscious thoughts come in and right. um, so again I really I sort of have to force myself into that situation a lot of the time so like you said going for a walk yeah really helps me or just being in that other mental space it's just like it's noise right exactly so when you say you write a lot but it's not always creative writing do you yep. mean you're doing like some copy for like work yes okay yeah sure yep. email copy I I'm volunteer for a couple of different organizations and I'm writing whatever they need me to do for that too so yeah yeah so um one of those i'm guessing would be like the wisconsin poet laureate commission and right um i'm retired now but i had been um on the poet laureate commission for about nine ten years okay yeah so what are the other so currently i serve on the boards of the wisconsin fellowship of poets um i'm the central fox valley regional 
vice president with Christina Kubasta out of Fond du Lac. And that's really just organizing local yeah. poets and poetry events and mentoring people when they're when they're starting out new and they're looking for a place to go is connecting with them. And how big is the like how many poets are out there yeah so the wisconsin fellowship of poets has over 500 members and there's certainly probably three times as many in the state people who are not members wisconsin fellowship of poets has people from all walks of life all ages um, all styles um, we mainly skew older it's kind of one of those organizations that started out and had this this you know presence in this mission and now as we've aged it's hard to hard for us old dogs to attract some younger people but sure. locally i think is where we're able to attract more local people starting out mm -hmm. um and but that organization has has i i credit so much to them i met the first person who published one of my poems there i met the first person who published one of my books there um, i it was through the wisconsin fellowship of poets that i was inspired to find out why our state didn't have a wisconsin poet laureate and through that process um, worked with governor thompson to create the state poet laureate position and the commission and all of that that goes with it so that's awesome um, yeah and i i just it's a really remarkable Poetry, arts in general, is such a solitary act that to have a group of people you can go to mm -hmm. when when you, when you have that rare joy is just been it's just been really remarkable help. That's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah it's kind of the same with like entrepreneurship, yep. even like yeah. all those yeah lonely things, but they they can create you know such awesome pearls. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so, like, what does the laureate do? Like, what do you guys do to, to push poetry, yeah. to, to help people move their careers forward? Or, like, what what's the purpose? So, I think that, you know, what's the purpose is, was our driving question. Um, we were just curious why, at the, at the time we established this back in, like, it was late 1999 or 2000s, why so many states had one. What was the value of one? Our state had very actively considered one before that and decided not to. So it's really mm -hmm. like, why? And so we really went about trying to understand what other state poet laureates did and did they bring value? And we really felt strongly for that founding group, felt strongly that this wasn't to, meant to be an honorary position. This wasn't like, oh, you're the best poet, so you get the title. It was really about um, our belief that poetry and words have a way to bring a community together, have a way to heal people, help people express their feelings, and um, that we wanted to share that joy with more people. I think we all have this perception, you know, somewhat like I did from high school, that poetry is this difficult, difficult thing that most people can't understand. And we really believe that that's not the case yeah and so it was very important to us that the state poets laureate uh, spent a lot of their time getting out of their own community and and exploring the state um, they don't have really high demands but they're in demand a lot um, most of them have traveled thousands and thousands of miles on their car around the state um, little you know rural communities up in the northern part of the state down in yeah. Milwaukee just 
being an ambassador. Being an ambassador, that's exactly right. And yeah. it's been extremely successful, I think. Of course yeah. I think. Um, <laughs> we're now on our, I, sh I should know, our eighth, I think, State Poet Laureate. And they're in the search right now for the, the ninth or the next one. Cool. Yeah. It's like looking for the next Dalai Lama. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, something that really stuck out that you said uh, about poetry is like, um, I'm forgetting the exact words, but basically that it can heal a community, mm -hmm. um, which like, I don't know, maybe, maybe in this current climate, looking at like hip hop as a thing, it's almost like that, that's like how yeah. that can manifest. But I even picture like, um, it doesn't even have to be healing as much as like, it can be a vehicle for like empowerment maybe. Mm -hmm. And I actually picture, cause there's like a lot of orators like I'm very drawn to that mm -hmm. I guess and like whether it's YouTube yep. lectures most of the, most of the people I listen to aren't around anymore yeah weirdly enough but um it's fascinating that can it's almost like a connection between like great orators yes. whether it's like Alan Watts if you're familiar mm -hmm. with Alan Watts or like uh Martin Luther King mm -hmm. or um and like and poetry but like they're you know it's not it's not defined that way they don't call them poets but they they were I, yeah I think that's a really good point and I think especially now um, especially with social media with YouTube yeah. um, with the ability to use video you can bring a voice to poems that are you know, it's hard to oh, to read a poem on a page for a lot of people and really understand it. Mm -hmm. But when you can hear it expressed in that person's voice um, and see their emotion, I think it's exactly what you said. It's about it's about expression, um, and especially now in in like just the crazy times we're in now, people yeah. are are longing to be heard, like tr genuinely heard, and not just noise. Right. Um, and I feel like. The arts, it, it's really sad now more than ever, the arts are just at a loss in the middle of a pandemic. Nobody's performing anywhere, but it's the time we need artists the most. And I, so I think you see more and more of it out on social media now yeah. as people are just clamoring for, for something. Or if it's not my voice, I want to hear what you say. It's that orator point. Like, yeah. Evan, what you just said just blew my mind. That's what I was trying to say. That's what I was trying to express. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. I've never like looked at it that way, but it is like you, you get addicted to mm -hmm. a certain person's ideas because yes. of like the conviction, the delivery, the poetry to what they're saying. And it's like, what is that? Like, what are you addicted to? Mm -hmm. And it's like the meaning probably yeah the meaning gives you some sort of unlock or some sort of I think so yeah, yeah. and it's and like you said and it's hip-hop too and I I tell when I do workshops or student classes now I tell them all the time to fall in love with words poetry go to the thing that you connect with most and in many cases it's music and it might not be hip-hop it could be you know it could be Bob Dylan lyrics it could be it could be Martin Luther King, right? Yeah. Could be, you know, I mean, there there are a dozen Ruth Bader Ginsburg poems out on the internet all all of a sudden, and a lot the of them aren't very she good. Wrote? No, oh. no, not that she wrote, okay. but she was a huge lover of the arts, huge mm -hmm. lover, and reading. We talked about reading. She was a voracious reader. But no, I mean, people are 
expressing their grief about her through right. poetry and through song and just like that they're popping up all over yeah it's awesome um are you a bob dylan fan i yeah i sort of am yeah uh-huh any any like low-key favorites like <laughs> not not the hits no well, i don't know not really i not just, really? no have you have you ever heard it's all right ma i'm only bleeding that's, that's like I, yes i like that song that's yeah good. that's like i would feel like if you were a poet like and you like bob dylan that's probably like yep. the, the re, almost rebellious because yep. it's not like you wouldn't play it for your friend and they would be like oh this is a jam you right. know but yeah um just like that's good layers on layers of basically commentary right. that's most of it's still relevant if you'd listen to it yeah, yeah. that's good you have an old soul I do, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, definitely listened to that song yesterday on the car ride home, so it's fresh. That helps. Um, so what's your relationship to music? We got a little bit of the yep. early years. Your um, What's what's your involvement with the symphony orchestra? I'm, I'm just I'm just on the board of the Fox Valley Symphony, okay. and I'm thrilled. I mean, I've served on a lot of boards in my life, and it just gives me really great joy I um, again I've been really passionate about music and most of my volunteering and most of my work in the arts has been centered around poetry and writing I'm on the board for the Council of Wisconsin Writers I've done um, I've served on a couple of other writing boards I was on the board for the Wisconsin oh my gosh I almost got the name wrong Wisconsin Academy of Sciences Arts and Letters that was all very much about literature and the symphony is really my first opportunity on the on the music side and my son is an aspiring orchestral musician he's a percussionist and the 21 year old yes okay so he we you know that music is just in our lives all the time Mm -hmm. and um, it's really it's feels really good for me to be helping our community keep music alive and and um again right now you think about what's happening and we i feel like people need that music now more than ever mm-hmm. but when it's become so difficult for them to be heard right that's just it there's only there's only one way of distribution and mm-hmm. it's through the web i guess yep. it's there's a yep. there's a a medium mm-hmm. between you which is I mean mediums are great yeah. um, obviously like our society wouldn't look like it did today if we didn't go from radio to TV right. to internet but um, so that being said obviously like poetry and music are very like intertwined on a, mm-hmm. I guess I was about to say on a fundamental level but that's what I'm trying to to yep. get at as someone who's into poetry, into music, how do you view them as being different? Are they exactly the same? Like, do they make each other more powerful? Or does one kind of fall into the category of the other? Um, well, it's funny. We joke a lot about the classes of poetry, and I know this isn't what you meant, but like, you know, there's certain kind of arts that are super, super popular and certain kind of artists who make ridiculous amounts of money. And then there are others and then there are others. And you have like about orchestral music is about here. And then we joke that like poets are, are, are down here at the bottom, maybe over the top of like clogging and, uh, <laughs> and opera, sure. but 
Yeah. So, I mean, again, in terms of what's known and accepted in that regard, but I think that there is a lot of symmetry between all the different arts forms. It's really about um, somebody creating a, a piece, a, a gift that's either words or a visual art, a piece of visual art, um, or a composition, and then other people bringing it to life, whether like for me, it might be in a book or hearing somebody read it or, but you know, I just think it's amazing to hear a composition that was maybe written hundreds of years ago uh, with the, this diverse group of performers. You know, they get together as an ensemble only a few days before the actual concert. And um, they have this amazing music director, Kevin Suderlin, who's got to help them pull it all together and and create this just amazing music. And, and I feel like if it's done really well, it can transport people. And again, it can help people find um, healing or, or, or just, you know, open up a, a, a space in your life. And Definitely. I feel like the poetry can do the same. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me about your book? Sure, I'd love to talk yeah. about my book. So, I guess, did it come, were you like, did you have the final vision in mind before you started? And it then, like, was just finding your way to it? Or was it just like, I'm gonna start, and it just like, ended up where it's at? No, it's, it, it probably, it, I think what happened with this, what happened with most of my books, this is my second full-length collection, and I think for both of them, what happened is I started, I just wrote poems, and after a while you start to realize, wow, these poems have kind of the same theme, like there's something stuck in my head. We were talking earlier about, you know, if you about if you say a word too many times it starts to sound absurd and it's kind of like if you write the same theme over and over again it either seems absurd or you say hey there's something here mm -hmm. and I think that's the beauty when I'm in my sweet spot for my writing is when I don't like I might sit down to write this poem and I walk away and say oh I wrote this you know, I started writing this poem about, you know, having a beer at the Appleton Beer Factory, and then the next thing you know, I'm over here, you know, writing, you know, writing this poem about this lost love I had. Um, and so I started to sense with this book, this theme about work, and um, very literally work. I'm a career woman too, and, you know, struggle sometime with the, the poet in me versus the professional career woman in me. So there's some of that in here. But then also a little bit more metaphorically work. Um, there are poems in here about death and dying and the work of watching somebody go through that or the work of being the one who's going through that. Um, and, and, you know, just other, uh, other more light themes about work, like, you know, what I learned from my dad about working, um, those kinds of things. But, and then once, once that theme popped in my head, once I realized it, then I really, then I began writing much more intentionally. Mm. And then I would re look at the poems that I had laid out and said, I'm missing a few poems here. Okay. Or there's this kind of this gap here, or yeah. oh, I have way too many of these, so let's get rid of those and put something else sure. in. Sure. Yeah. So why stick figure with skirt? Why the title? Well, so the poem stick figure with skirt is really about um, how 
people, men, can, can sometimes view women as nothing more than a stick figure wearing a skirt. And one of the lines in it is, see, she has, she has no opposable thumbs on her two stick hands. So she's really not good for anything except doing what you tell her to do. And, um, it, you know, again, it, it, I, that poem I didn't necessarily write into this book. Um, the title came from someplace just really, I don't know, I seriously I was like looking for a bathroom in Hawaii and there was no stick figure with skirt so I'm like how do I know where to go to the bathroom I need my stick figure with skirt and started thinking about what that image means to us and that's where I started very surface uh -huh. but then came really into this image of like me as a working woman and sometimes feeling like that was all I was seen as was this stick figure mm -hmm. and so from there then I really could start pulling in that theme of what it's like to try to be a successful career woman it's hard enough for most women to get to be really successful and taken seriously but then i'm also got this poet person in me is going you don't want to do that what are you doing stop doing that you're a poet um so yeah kind of that battle interesting um in the career world like as a woman feeling like stick figure with skirt is it more so about like overcoming or just that there's a certain level of or maybe a certain percentage of of people that that don't see you the same way you see yourself is that kind of like what yeah, it is i think that's part of it and part of it candidly is me not seeing myself the way i should see myself mm. mean um maybe not having the self-confidence to be that strong career woman, like mm -hmm. on the, or on the outside people see you that way and on the inside and go, half the time saying, I don't know what the hell I'm doing mm -hmm. or I don't agree with anything any of you people are saying, what am I doing in this room? Um, it's, I think sometimes more of that feeling of being in a place that we really, really didn't belong. I mean, you yourself chose to be an entrepreneur. There's a number of ways you could go with your career and what, what makes us make that decision to try to work for other people mm -hmm. uh, or, or kind of go off on our own. And, you know, in my head, I felt like I needed to work in this business model, but often butted heads with the business model. I'm okay. a very outspoken woman. Um, that doesn't help. Sometimes, you know, it's that stereotype, uh, you know, a man is is assertive and a woman's aggressive, you know, you sure. can say it and it comes out one way, I say it and, and you know, people, uh, people judge you, so. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. what, what are the notes? You have oh, a lot of post-it notes in there. That's, this isn't the book I take when I read, so when I'm doing a reading, those are okay. just my little notes like, this is this poem and if somebody asks me a question well it's that poem so okay yeah. so when you were talking about gaps mm -hmm. in the piece like what was there like an over is what we just talked about the overarching thing yep. you were trying to make sure yeah that was like flushed out but i feel like you know one of the things i noticed is that i didn't want the book to come off as whining I mean, there are some of the poems in here that are definitely whining. Like one of the poems is called Always Right. And it's like really me mocking somebody who always thinks they're right all the time. And what about me? And, you know, you won't even you all I'm good for is unjamming the copy machine. So it's kind of like whine, whine, whine. And I saw a lot of those and I didn't 
want people to take away that, oh gosh, this is just a bitter woman who's not happy because she didn't get where she wanted. So I had to pull back some of those and then I had to very intentionally put in poems about other topics. So that's or about being successful that because I have been pretty successful in my career, even mm -hmm. though I've changed jobs a lot. Um, it's it's been a very successful career. And, I, you know, I love my job now. I'm very proud of the work I'm doing. Um, so I needed to to weave some of that in as well. OK, very cool. Was that when, when did you finish? Um, so I finished the book. Probably in, so it was published in at the end of last year. I finished the book, the first draft, probably in, I don't know, 2017. Um, shared it with some friends, made some edits, and then I, I sent it out to try to find a publisher. And after sending it out, I don't know, 25 places and not getting, and getting a lot of, oh, that was close, but we're gonna go with this one. Mm -hmm. um, I pulled it back again. I talked to a friend of mine who's kind of a coach and a mentor, um, Sarah Sadie, and she found a different thread in the book that I hadn't found and said, mm. why, why don't you try this? So I pulled it all apart again. Okay. And then I kind of put it back together. And then there was uh, Main Street Rag is a publisher I'm very familiar with. And so they had a contest. Um, and they have an annual book award. And I submitted, and this was the first submission after I'd reworked the book and it won first place. So Nice. Yeah. So what's your approach to like the, the book game <laughs> in terms of, because um, I know I, I, as far as I understand, it's difficult to promote mm -hmm. books and um, yeah. like what was your approach to well, that? Well, so unfortunately, um, I mean, I had a pretty good plan. It helps that I'm a marketer also by trade. So um, I had a number of readings scheduled. I had a number of festivals scheduled, interviews scheduled like this. Mm -hmm. um, I have another good poet friend or another good um, author friend, Abby Frucht. I don't know if you're familiar mm -hmm. with Abby. She lives in Ashka. She also just came out with a book recently, and she she introduced me to the to the book club circuit, which okay. seems kind of like mm, it could take a lot of work. But um, connecting with a book club, you've got ten or twelve people built in to buy your book. Mm -hmm. Then they talk about the book, and you go meet with the book uh, with the club, and yeah. really helps them understand it. And I've loved those. Abby and I have done a few of those together, and they've just been really fantastic because you've got cool. readers who are really excited and they're not your typical poetry reader which is really cool um, but my first big I was supposed to launch um, I did a book launch here in January and then I was scheduled to do a launch event in San Antonio at the beginning of March or middle of March and that was right when COVID hit wow. so it's been hard so I appreciate this time I mean it's just yeah. it's been hard because it's not we don't have big publishing houses anymore. Mm -hmm. Poetry rarely has that. Most most authors don't have that anymore that are, are paying for you to go on these extravagant book tours. It's really you making connections and finding the right people in the right places to have your work heard and to find people who are willing to buy your book. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, why San Antonio? Well, it was connected to a national, there's an international, um, writing conference called the Association of Writers and Writer Programs and they they move around the country every year they go to a different location and okay. my publisher 
um, had a has a, a spot at their book fair and he had some reading set up uh, so that was one of the things and I have a great publisher he's really helped me out a lot and so he had set that up for me and a couple of his other writers okay and uh, sweet yeah. yeah it was kind of disappointment yeah but hopefully we'll get to circle back next year and do something right what have you guys started having those conversations yet or well I think you know you have them and then it, I think until COVID, really, until people really start feeling comfortable yeah. planning events. You know, my daily job, a lot of what I do is work with nonprofits on events and event sponsorships. And so there's just nothing happening, mm-hmm. nothing. And I think it's a lot of work to commit to, I think, the next one of these conferences in Kansas City, Missouri, and mm-hmm. to really feel, you know, confident that you're going to bring all these people together and they're going to be able to meet right hard what so you do work with nonprofits on Mm -hmm. events in the community what's your read on like our communities i guess um feel or like Mm -hmm. just what's what's the the feel on on covid and perceptions i guess if you have one well i think you know, I'm sure everybody, every community says this, but we live in a really, a really special place. Um, people really come together and mm-hmm. and help each other. And, um, you know, we have things like the Basic Needs Giving Partnership through the U.S. Venture Open. I mean, they raise millions of dollars every year to help fight poverty. Um, when COVID hit, our United Way and our Community Foundation came together, started a fund for COVID relief, and raised over a million dollars in no time. And you look around and you think, it's Appleton, it's a Fox Cities, but I think people here are just really, really generous. Um, if I have any disappointment about it, it's that, um, and I don't, it's hard to say this without sounding crass, um, the funds, the focus has really been on basic needs, which is so critical, but being a lover of the arts, it's been mm-hmm. very hard to see the Performing Arts Center be dark all this time, or mm-hmm. the symphony, real, you know, struggling with how we're going to get through this. Um, and I, I get it. You know, people need to eat and have a place to live. But I don't want us to come out of this and not have the vital arts community that we have because we were so focused elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people are, you know, people are trying. They're now looking more at that second phase and like, what do we do next? And um, yeah. and we have some amazingly creative nonprofits in our community, too. I mean, I think the first few months was really difficult trying to figure out how to move from some of these big, fabulous physical events to do something virtual. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, they're starting to figure it out. And there have been a number of them. Catalpa just did their pop-up event, and it was... Um, really really successful they raised ten thousand dollars more than they did the previous year um the women's fund just had a virtual event so i mean it can happen it's just yeah it's a lot of work yeah it really is a lot of work and it really is a special community i think um fox valley especially is great spot yeah um isn't it crazy how even you know even organizations that run mostly on say volunteers how fast like it doesn't take a lot of time of of nothing happening to where it's like we can't do this anymore like 
it's really sad yeah it's it's weird because you don't you know you don't think of them economically right usually but well, and if you think about, a lot of my job is coordinating volunteers, and like Volunteer Fox Cities will tell you the average um, in-kind donation of a volunteer is close to $25 an hour. Now, that's an average, but if you think about the force of all those volunteers helping out in a community, mm-hmm. I, part of my job at Community First is managing the volunteers for the Community First Fox Cities Marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 2,300 people that we have to we have to staff um we'd be lost without those volunteers and if you don't have the organ if the organization is shut down because Mm -hmm. of covid and you don't they don't have any means to bring those people in you think of like a feeding america or a pillars where they're dependent on those volunteers Mm -hmm. and now suddenly it's not safe to bring those volunteers in like mm-hmm. how how do they move forward? It, right, it can be crippling for an organization. Yeah, it's interesting to look at. You can almost flip that a little bit and sit and look at twenty three hundred volunteers, however many hours on average, yeah. four to six hours per volunteer yeah. or something, as like. And I mean, it's probably way more than this if you really had a way to break it down, but like that much value being generated almost like as a right. as a goodwill yes know. absolutely and you think about well think about like the marathon i know i'm hopping all over the place here but um you know we bring thousands of participants into the community when you think mm-hmm. about what it does for tourism for the good of the economy here people are staying in hotels they're mm-hmm. they're spending money at the expo they're eating in restaurants um you know it becomes a destination at th- that time of year mm-hmm. and um and then you you know multiply that by all these other events that have been canceled Oktoberfest and mile of music and all these things that make us this great place to live but also yeah make it possible to live here right we'll come back it'll be good we will absolutely and i don't want to sound like a gloom and doomer and and i'm all about keeping people safe too it's Mm -hmm. just i don't think any of us thought it would lit it would last this long yeah that's true yeah yeah when it first happened it was not like it definitely didn't seem like oh we'll probably be in the same spot a year from now you know I know it's, yeah yeah I think we'll probably have to wait till at least the next warm season I think you're right till at least next spring let's hope we're wrong but I think you're right. yeah for sure um awesome do you feel is there anything else you want to <laughs> bring up I feel like I don't know we, I feel like I've talked around a lot of stuff I don't know covered a lot I think I'm good where can people find your book Oh, great question. Thank you. I should have known that. Um, so they can visit my publisher's website. It's MainStreetRag.com or MainStreetRag. Oh, gosh, I should remember that. I've said it a thousand times. MainStreetRag.com. Or you can visit my website at KatherineCofell.com. Okay, nice. Find out more information there. Cool. Yeah, I was going to say there's got to be a KathyCofell.com. Is there it Catherine? Is. How do you spell Catherine? It's Catherine. C-A-T-H-R-Y-N. Okay. If you just Google Kathy or Cat, I'm called a lot of things. Okay. You'll find me. Okay. Cool. You can also visit, again, I'm connected to Poetry Unlocked. If people are interested in poetry, um, they should visit us. Ooh, we're making beer. Yeah. They should. <laughs> Release the glycol, is it? Yeah. 
So um, <laughs> down. come visit us there. Uh, we've got a great Facebook page where we share a lot of information, and we'll share a link to this when it's okay. when it's available. And, Sweet, mm-hmm. cool. Thank you so much, Kathy. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, have a good one. Get involved if you're interested in poetry. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It truly means a lot to me. 